Welcome to Making Bank, the show for Bankless DAO by Bankless DAO, where each week we highlight a project and a personality from inside the Bankless DAO. We want to showcase the work that we do and the people who do it. This is our story as we journey to become more bankless. If you want to learn more about what it is that we do, then just keep listening. We hope you enjoy today's episode of Making Bank. Hello, and welcome to this member interview of Making Bank with myself, Miss Purple. And I am very, very excited to have this opportunity to be able to speak to one of the Bankless style contributors. I have the lovely opportunity to speak with Above Average Joe. I hope you enjoy this conversation and I hope you get to learn as much and are as inspired as I am just speaking with him. So stay tuned and enjoy the conversation. Okay, thank you so much, uh, Above Average Joe, for coming on to this episode of Making Bank with me. I am Miss Purple and I am beyond honored to finally get to speak with you after it's been such a long time since we've been trying to make this happen. But thank you for making the time and yeah, I'm very excited. So firstly, before we get into anything that's, you know, very official, I feel like we need to talk about your name. <laughs> um, why above average Joe and not just Joe? Yeah, so... My name actually predates my full-time crypto days and is actually a reference to the last thing that I was doing before I went full-time. I had a handyman business that I ran under the pseudonym of Above Average Joe, and I had uh, business cards, the whole works, and I was doing quite a bit in terms of deck building and resurfacing floors and, well, you name it. As a handyman, I tackled pretty much anything that could be done in a domestic task. And, uh, yeah, the name was such that I just kind of ran with it around the time that I went full-time crypto. And... It has stayed with me ever since. Hmm. And how did you go from being a handyman to being in crypto? Well, uh, my interest in crypto predates my work as a handyman by several years. Um, I actually got started back in 2013 with Bitcoin, but um, the development of the modern version of my crypto involvement, which is where most of it actually occurred, has been since about 2017, 2018, when David Hoffman was doing a lot of his podcasting with POV crypto. Sorry for the uh, interruption there. Um, so POV crypto is the podcast that really educated me to the differences between Bitcoin and Ethereum. And as I learned the educational process there, um, I rapidly converted into a full believer in the Ethereum ecosystem. 
And I knew at that stage that I wanted to transition full-time into crypto, but I wasn't quite sure how. And as someone new in the space, there was an extremely high uh, educational overhead to understand the context and conversations that were in the ecosystem I was now finding myself embedded within. And I did an awful lot of asking about uh, the acronyms and the terminology within this space as I saw it on Twitter and really began to gather my knowledge in as piecemeal a fashion as I could where I could find it. But uh, in that process, I recognized that though I was non-technical, there was a market opportunity for the average user like myself that wanted to use these systems but couldn't yet because there was a terminology barrier. And since there was no tooling for that, and I know because I had just gone through the process and I hadn't found any, I decided that that meant a perfect place for me to begin getting involved and contributing to the crypto ecosystem. So I started a company called DeFiPedia that was targeting the education of crypto terminology to the average user and uh, generally tried to run it as a public good. I got a single investor who put in 88,000 USDC and I utilized that in the form of Ether in our treasury to pay our operational expenses month to month and was able to extend my runway there by one or two years and uh, have been pushing forward that platform ever since, though when the DAO launched, it was a natural transition for me to drop the DeFiPedia sort of Web2 approach to the mm -hmm. ecosystem and go full-time in the DAO and put DeFiPedia on the back burner. Last time I checked, you've been a part of Bankless DAO essentially from its very inception, correct? Yes. Um, as a matter of fact, I have been part of the Bankless LLC side of things, uh, at least as a participant, mm. since their first newsletter. So I have seen the origin of the Bankless movement from its very genesis. And I'm proud to say that I called it as an early pick and have stuck around to watch it mature into <laughs> what it is today. And are you proud of what it is today? Is it something that you were, is this what you were betting on? Is this what you were hoping you would be? Or do you feel like there's still a whole lot more growth that still needs to happen? I think that I am absolutely proud of it. But in terms of whether or not this is what it is meant to be, we are still in an early infancy stage at best. So my daughter was born two weeks after the launch of the DAO. 
And as such, I have had some really beautiful parallels that I've been able to draw in her development and the development of the DAO as an organization. And to imagine that the development of my daughter would be complete after just nine months is uh, really a entertaining concept. And I think the same applies to the DAO. <laughs> and if they are maturing at a relatively similar pace, then right now the DAO is only just beginning to figure out how to walk and cut its teeth. And there mm. is still far more potential that lies ahead than lies behind. That has to be the most beautiful answer I've ever heard. <laughs> I absolutely love that, you know, because I think sometimes we we completely forget that time is not is not something that we it's not as much a construct as we like to believe that it is you know it's something that it affects us and it takes time for things to develop into what they truly need to be and what we can envision them to be so it's very important for us to be reminded as often as we can to just kind of you know take it easy but also be patient and continue to exert whatever we can into making um these wonderful projects the greatness that they have the potential to be um so with regards to you what exactly is your role within the bankless dao well, um, I've largely taken a position of acting on whatever the needs of the DAO's membership are and trying to uh, preempt and mitigate those sorts of issues and requests. I generally am looking at the organization as a whole and thinking about the ways that we are scaling and where the limits of those things are and the sorts of systemic approaches that allow us to solve those barriers and reinforce the ecosystem, which doesn't really have a great natural title, but I tell everybody I'm a community manager because that's an easy parallel to draw. And it... <laughs> encapsulates a lot of the social aspect of what I do. Um, I am currently in the process of being elected for the GSE program. So that is likely to become the main focus of my efforts over the next couple of seasons. But uh, we shall see wow. how that plays out. Yeah, I'm very hopeful for you. I mean, um, just for, you know, for the listener here, the first day I got officially, the first day when I got into the DAO, um, I got to, into the Get Involved thread, which is essentially the first place that you get to, to just kind of, you know, maybe find your footing, find a few projects and, you know, maybe some bounty projects or anything of that sort. And the first project I came across was to assist above average joe um you needed you needed some assistance with um poab registration because miraculously on that specific day the systems were not operating how they should be so yeah you know my my availability came in handy and you were the first person i interacted with and i mean i had no idea who you were you know i had no idea of your positioning but 
it's great to know that a person who has been around for so long does not feel like they are other. You know, you did not make me feel like you were too far above me for me to even be able to have a conversation with you. So I really, really hope, you know, you do get this um, position and that more people like you, you know, are easily accessible within the DAO because it it makes a person feel like they are part of the team in the most valuable way possible when somebody who's been around that long and has probably made a pretty big name of themselves can find the time in their day to just be nice. It, it sounds so cliche and so simple, but people are not as nice as we would hope they would be um, all across the space, not not in the DAO, but just, you know, in general. So. I'm very excited. I'm I'm rooting for you. I'm crossing my toes and my fingers. <laughs> awesome. And I think you touched on a very salient point in the difference of Bankless DAO's culture. The ecosystem that we find ourselves in is one that is reinventing itself compared to the Web2 corporate world. And mm-hmm. in that process, we are reinventing our approach to what it means to be part of a community. And it's not that there's anything new about the things that we're doing. It's just that we're reinvigorating these elements. And part of that is recognizing that though I might be an older or more central element of the history of the organism, I am still but one cell in the body. And that does not make me any more important or useful than any other cell because it is the collective that sets the overall tone for the organism thriving as a whole. And as such, it's just healthy interaction within the parts of the body that is Bankless Dow. Yeah, that is so profound. Thank you for that. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's always very important to, you know, to take stock and see the beauty in certain things. So, you know, of course we talked about that, the fact that there is still a lot of growth that, that needs to be done. And do you have some kind of a, a metric, like either a number of say how many years or, or how much progress still needs to go into making Bankless style as optimal a DAO as is possible. Do you have any kind of metric for that? Or is that just kind of a, we will see when we get there kind of situation? This is a game that can't be won. The objective is to keep on playing. And as such, the challenge is to continuously get better at playing this game. And the game is that of coordination. Um, I think that the DAO structure could potentially be something that thrives for hundreds of years, but it could also be something that, like the current educational system, runs its course of usefulness because as a society we are able to advance past our current scaling barriers And then the usefulness of the current social tactics of organization may find themselves ill-suited to meet the new tasks of tomorrow. It is the engineering of adaptability into our organization 
that will provide the long-term resilience that determines just how long the lifespan of DAOs as a social organization system is useful. And I think if we take that sort of mindset, we may find that we are designing systems that our grandkids' grandkids will be using or may be considering as foundational infrastructure with what they currently have available to them. And with a mindset like that, I think we will build things that will take us very far. Yeah. Now, of course, I come from eons away, you know. Um, I live in Lesotho, which is in Southern Africa, and you are nowhere near where I am. <laughs> and I think that's, that's the wonder of this space, that it is, in almost every sense of the word, it is very borderless. Has that been um, somewhat of a benefit for Bankless DAO to be able to harness, you know, all these different minds and all these different skill sets from different areas? Or is it essentially just the same as being based anywhere else? Is it just a matter of, you know, there's a whole bunch of people available and that's that? Does Or does does having access to all these different locations and ge- geographies make, make a difference in the quality of people and um, the diversity of the people? It's absolutely critical. The individual can be thought of as a way for information to be gathered, processed, and propagated in a social system. And in a social system like that, you can only benefit by having more of that energy to apply to the ecosystem that you're working within. It is a fuel. And to limit it based off of an arbitrary geographic line that was decided potentially by resource allocations and local population distribution thousands of years ago and then the eventual fallout from that, the concept of a borderless system really does allow us to reinvent our social cohesion on a holistic level and let go of the generational baggage that we find ourselves inheriting as a species. And if we are judicious in our ability to let go of that past baggage and re-engineer our systems for the future rather than the past, then the potential ramifications of that could be an order of magnitude when talking about the potential changes that it can invoke. And as such, the more eyes, the better. And the unique perspectives that come from different cultural mindsets are going to be absolutely critical into making well-informed and developed decisions for an ecosystem that is so holistic in its scope. Now, obviously, you you have a family because you you mentioned it a bit earlier on. Um, making a living for your family and for yourself from working in the DAO, because you also mentioned that you work in the DAO full time. How feasible has that been from having to, you know, make purchases, pay bills? Could you say, realistically speaking, you were able to 
make a living from your bank or the bank that you made from working in the bankless DAO? Or did you find that a lot of it had to come out of savings or any other jobs that you had outside of it? I have been the vast majority self-sustaining in my earnings from Bankless DAO for my endeavors. Um, it is less sustainable now than it has been before, but that's due to some current economic influences on the token. And those things have expiration dates, so I do not expect it to remain the way that it is. However, um, the ability to trade the bank token for Ether and then collateralize that Ether to borrow the money I need for my living expenses is my current strategy. And though it is not a perfect strategy, it is one that thus far has made sure that I can pay the electric bill when it comes due. Um, it is not a perfect system right now. And the sustainability of the ecosystem right now is not fully matured, but that's part of the reason why we are developing the GSE. We are addressing the systemic issues with concentrated efforts to answer it. And so, though the answer is not there yet, I think it is a very short matter of time before we begin to see positive developments in that direction, especially when it comes to bank lending markets. And as those sorts of tools mature, it will only become easier for those within the ecosystem to sustainably live off of the bank assets that they earn. Now, the question that I'm sure everybody is very, very curious to hear the answer for is... Would you say you are fully bankless now? I would say that I have been fully bankless for several years at this stage. Um, I do have a bank account so that I can pay the mortgage because they don't accept stable coins. But <laughs> up until the moment that I have to pay that bill, it remains in stable coins or other crypto assets. Um if it is not a real world asset, then I keep my wealth on chain. And the retirement accounts that I have that are not able to directly access crypto, I am as exposed as possible to the crypto markets. So I have things like the GBTC and ETHE assets that Grayscale offer within my one little retirement account. I don't have a ton, but what I do have, I keep in crypto. That is that is a motto for life. You know, I may not have a lot, but whatever I do have, I will make sure to keep it in crypto. But um, thank you again so much. Um, just one final passing thing. I am very curious. Maybe this is more for my personal consumption than anything else. But I'm curious to know how you feel about the crypto space in general. How How is your feeling towards that, you know, given the climate right now and the possible future of the space? I see incredible potential for massive improvement for the human race. And I also see the incredible potential 
for the enslavement of the human race present within this technology. And its ultimate disposition is going to be determined by those of us that use it and what we choose to believe and act on with our direct influences, uh, more than just words, the actions. And through those, we will determine what that future looks like. And I personally think that we are going to head for that positive future. But if we do not keep our eyes open for the things that lead to the negative, then we may find that uh, our paradise has some pitfalls of our own creation. So I am optimistic, but keeping the eyes open. Well, thank you again so much for agreeing to this conversation. And I'm very, very excited to see all the awesome things that you will be doing in your life and in your crypto journey, but also what um, the progress for Bankless DAO is going to be. So uh, thank you again so, so much. Enjoy the rest of your evening. And yeah, I've had a wonderful time getting to know you more. And thank you. This has been quite a pleasure, and I look forward to listening to every podcast you produce here on Making Bank. Thank you for listening to today's segment of Making Bank. If you like what you heard, please hit that subscribe button, turn on notifications, and give us a rating on your favorite podcast app. We'll see you later this week on another segment of Making Bank.